0: everyone. You are listening to Legacy of Leadership, a podcast from the UAB School of Nursing. My name is Erica Teko, and I am a marketing specialist at the School of Nursing. And I am Doreen
1: Harper. I'm Dean of the UAB School of Nursing.
0: Dean Harper, thank you so much for joining on today's episode to kind of serve as a wrap-up for the school's 70th anniversary celebration and a reflection on the last year and what it's meant for the School of Nursing as well as the nursing profession. Well, thank
1: you. And it's great, uh, great to be here with you, Erica.
0: To start off today's discussion, I'd love to hear from you. What were your big takeaways from 2020 and all of the changes and challenges it threw at us?
1: You know, 2020 was unlike any year um, we had ever anticipated in academic nursing and in fact you know we started the year off with you know a huge celebration um and really you know the the whole idea of our 70th anniversary was you know right before us and um we had many many events planned um that coordinated not just with the 70th anniversary but also with the international year of the nurse and midwife and so clearly um It was a year of change, adapting to change, responding um, and not just responding, but looking forward to try to prevent any additional um, issues that might occur um, with the COVID pandemic. And what I will share with you is what occurred in my mind was so critical because as always, nurses can respond to any situation and do it well and in fact with with all of the changes and that were required within education really required that the faculty work very collaboratively together and with students and staff to really move quickly it was really a year that I think dramatically changed how we lived, how we worked and how we learned. One thing for sure, and I am absolutely positive about this. Our new School of Nursing building was set up for us to adapt. And if we had not moved into that building in 2018, mid 2018, We would have been in dire straits in terms of trying to to adapt to this and and really prepare our students to graduate and progress through the program. So I watched faculty actually at the drop of a hat, um, able to change how they were thinking, how they were working with students, how they were delivering the program and be able to prepare our students to be eligible to graduate on time in virtually every single program and it took hours and hours of extra work. Likewise for our students who are so adaptable and are learning to be leaders, it was an opportunity to kind of really, you know, take charge of their own learning in a different way. So it stands out in my mind for that reason, not just for our 70th anniversary. In terms of the International Year of the Nurse, it became so clear and so extended that the International Year of the Nurse was extended into the next year. Um, and it didn't stop because nursing was front and center in everything that was going on in the COVID pandemic. Um, nursing, you know, initially started with trying to do all the testing. It was our advanced practice nurses who designed the testing centers that were out in parking lots. Um, likewise at, at the bedside, new team work was necessary as we had to learn how to move COVID patients and turn them so that they could actually you know, survive some of the lung damage that was going on in, in the process. So, you know, I would just say that nursing, you know, was ever present constantly learning, and rose to the occasion in a way that was a phenomenal thing to see. And in academic nursing, our job was to assist in any way possible, but at the same time, not stop the preparation of the work nursing workforce, who was so needed, because actually we lost nurses um, in this process.
0: You've highlighted so many of the ways that we were able to work to address such an unprecedented time and Mm -hmm. such a difficult time for nurses. And a big part of that is our community partners and our community partnerships. Those were the ways that our students were able to get back into clinicals faster than other universities. Those were the ways that our faculty and students were able to um, undergo training and nurses at the hospital were able to undergo training to um, care for patients. And so, as you reflect on those partnerships, how do you think that those partnerships are now stronger moving forward?
1: So, let me just start with the fact that without those partnerships, UAB School of Nursing was one of the first schools of nursing in the country to be able to activate its clinical experience for students. Uh, and it was working collaboratively with our clinical partners, where other other hospitals and healthcare systems were not allowing students to do clinical until the fall. We were able to actually get our students back into the clinical area um, in the organized way that we do back in the summer, and it actually highlighted. The importance of that partnership with UAB Hospital and Health System, as an example, because we worked, we started working on this the day we shut down the school um, and hospitals shut down, you know, by the state mandate. We looked at each other and said, How are we going to get the students back into clinical? Because if we stop the production of this pipeline, We are really limiting nursing who, at that point, we did not know, number one, if we were going to lose nurses to the pandemic, um, lose nurses because of the pandemic. And we still have pressing need for nurses. As, As you know, UAB Hospital and Health System is a very high acuity health system that rec- and they'd opened many new units so there was a there was a constant need for additional nurses to begin with and even when they temporarily shut units down the staffing requirements for the pandemic were so acute that it was crucial to you know keep the pipeline functional and moving and So the Alabama Board of Nursing was fabulous. Um, The executive director, Peggy Benson, actually stepped in and worked with schools of nursing to make sure that we could graduate and we had some modifications in how we delivered clinical hours in that first quarter of COVID. Um, But it was our partners that really opened the door to allow our students back into the clinical area. To really get in the essential clinical experience that they needed. We also, as you know, had our own clinical entities that actually the school operates a number of clinics, and we use those clinical entities to really use, bring our own students that, because we were continuing to deliver care through those clinical services, um, the nurse-family partnership, the Path Clinic, the Heart Failure Clinic, the um, clinic in Western Birmingham, and as well as the Human Trafficking Clinic. And so our students were able to work along with our faculty using our telehealth um, uh, room that is was actually equipped and set up and we had just started to use it so that they could, with a social distancing um, you know, approach, actually try to deliver those services. Uh, And so those were all important areas. We also learned that to when you give, you get is the best way to describe it. And so a perfect example of that was PPE was very, very limited at at the beginning of the COVID pandemic and the shortages were acute. And we actually had PPE that we had in our Nursing Competency and Simulation Center. And because of that, we donated it to the hospital. Uh, That donation was something that ultimately our faculty and students benefited from. Um, As you know, we also helped when the COVID surge hit in December through um, mid-February, we had 120 faculty and students actually go in and support um, some of the care that had to be done in terms of uh, as well as vaccine implementation. And in fact, we, we in that in that three-month period, our faculty and students provided 25 to 30 percent of the care that was delivered on those units. Again, none of that could have happened if we didn't have the established relationships with the hospital if we had not in the health system and our UAB nursing partnerships, if we didn't have uh, developed, if we hadn't developed the seamless approach to, you know, kind of crossing the bridge and looking at how to share resources, it was it was a very, very, um, I think, unique opportunity for the school and our students and faculty. And what we've learned is that, again, we can do surge capacity the fact that we were able again to be seamless in you know moving across the street and back was was something that was really important and we have learned a lot from that experience we've learned where we have opportunities to to really support our hospital and health system with students in a different way that they benefit from and the school benefits from, because it makes the transition to practice for these students into, grad, into a graduate nurse much easier.
0: So even though there were, of course, several challenges and surprises in 2020, um, but one accomplishment I wanna make sure we highlight is the fact that the School of Nursing continued to increase its NIH funding and increased our Blue Ridge rankings. And we also have several nationally ranked graduate programs. Mm-hmm. How, To you, how do these rankings reflect our strengths as a school, and how do we continue to build on those accomplishments as we move forward?
1: I think oh, these rankings talk about the people that work in the School of Nursing and here at UAB, and the opportunities for growth and development um, as both a member of the School of Nursing, a graduate of the School of Nursing and a person that, um, you know, is a faculty member or a staff member here at UAB. Uh, UAB is a happening place and it's happening because we are all looking at an upward trajectory in terms of this university and its forward motion. And I say that because it really allows, I think, us to look at where have we been past 70 years and now where are we going um, for the next 70? And the the growth in NIH funding is up uh, is one of our long-term goals that has actually been a part of our goal setting and our infrastructure building in terms of research so that faculty in fact really had the support they needed to really move toward that progression the faculty have continued to produce grants to write grants to get them funded to move it forward and in fact just continue to increase their productivity during this time they didn't let the pandemic stop their work didn't matter if they were in the school of nursing they did their work wherever they needed to do it and so that's been you know, I think a hallmark of how we worked across all of our missions, across education, research and scholarship, across innovation and technology, uh, and across our um, clinical and global affairs, and so our partnerships. And so I, I share that with you because there wasn't a place in the school that stopped its work and didn't rise to the occasion and exceed expectations. And Believe me, we have a very large graduate program, and clinical placement was a huge issue at this point in time, particularly in some of the community-based clinics that were not open. And our faculty worked day and night to make sure our students got clinically placed, particularly in the graduate program, which is one placement at a time, to be sure that they could graduate in an on-time way. And again, making sure that we could keep our nurses going through the pipeline was absolutely essential and I think contributed to our rankings. Um, and I think it's, it's an indication of both the, the work that the faculty and the students, and by the way, also the alumni, many of whom served as preceptors for our students in these situations. So it, we really reached out in a way we hadn't quite reached out um, before.
0: And as we talked about before, even though it's now 2021, and maybe in 2020, we expected the International Year of the Nurse and Midwife to just be in that 2020 pocket, but we are continuing to celebrate the Year of the Nurse throughout 2021. So, what are some of the parts of the nursing profession that you think are highlights or accomplishments that really got the spotlight last year?
1: I would say the resilience of nursing, uh, the trust that patients had in nursing, the fact that nurses became part of a family unit in many cases with our COVID patients because family members couldn't be there. So I can only share with you that I think nursing stood up to that challenge uh, and we've seen that happen we, we've seen it happen in World War II. We've seen it happen, you know, in other wars. This was like the war in COVID. And truly, uh, nursing was right there on the front lines at every step of the way. But it took a toll. We've seen, you know, people starting to retire earlier. We have seen people leave the profession because in some ways they were traumatized by that experience. Mm-hmm. And believe me, it it. Had an impact on nursing um, and one that I don't think will ever, ever be forgotten.
0: The, you know, nursing has been categorized as the most trusted profession mm-hmm. for more than a decade.
1: Mm-hmm. I think almost
0: two decades, 18 or so years. Mm-hmm. And I think that the resilience that you talked about and stepping up to that challenge is one of the reasons why, because nurses are there with their patients. Mm-hmm. Um, but we can't, as a follow-up question, we can't deny that there were also so many challenges that the nursing profession had. Um, What were some of those challenges that you saw come to light last year that you think the nursing profession or maybe schools of nursing are going to have to um, deal with moving forward?
1: I think there has to be more attention to the health and well-being of nurses. And we, we must really think about mental health as well as physical health. Uh, clearly, COVID has had impact and long-term effects on many people. We don't even know yet what that long-term effect is going to be. We just are getting you know, some early indications of what some of those problems are going to be in terms of neurological issues. Um, cardiac issues, lung issues, I could go on and on. So I think, first of all, understanding that nurses are human beings and they have the same kinds of needs as the human beings they take care of and that we have to attend to that. And we can't just expect that we can ask them to take on extra shifts or you know be understaffed in the process. They, They've got to have the supports they need to do their job well, number one. I think the other issue that was so, became so apparent through the COVID pandemic was the disparities in healthcare, both for persons from underrepresented minorities, but also for, um, it was compounded by the fact that we saw the social justice issues emerge in conjunction with, with the COVID pandemic. And that compounded every situation for nursing because those, we take care of all people. And if all people were not just afraid of the pandemic but afraid of the disparity in the pandemic and how the, how the COVID pandemic might affect them because they were from an underrepresented minority those are the people we take care of and it means we have to be more sensitive and culturally aware and humble as we as we work with those people and help them and not only see it our way but look at it from all dimensions and everyone's way. And I think that's a, that's the next challenge for nursing. And actually the uh, the National Academy of Sciences Future in Nursing for 2020 to 2030 has actually just published its report that is focused on on this work and the fact that we've got to look at health equity um, you know, across the lifespan. There are nurses in every neighborhood, in every, you know, in every community that that are really part and parcel of the community, and nursing, just by communicating, can really help with some of these things, and working with our communities, not just with our, with patients as they're hospitalized, but really seeing a patient, people along a continuum, so that they, they recognize the impact of health and illness, and really working with people based on their environment. So there is so much work to do in this area and I think it's it's exciting because in many ways it exposed some very raw and deep, deeply rooted and painful um, experiences for people. But hopefully we can now respond and think how do we work together with all people to get to a better place in terms of their own health and
0: And that's a great lead into um, my concluding question for today's episode. Mm -hmm. So throughout the podcast, we were looking to celebrate the School of Nursing, our legacy of leadership as the podcast's title Mm -hmm. would suggest, um, and the school's impact on nursing through our alumni, our community members, our faculty, and our students. So as you look forward, what are some ways that the school of nursing can continue continue that legacy of leadership and continue to impact the health and well-being of our communities?
1: So just a couple of things. I think recognizing that legacy of leadership is such an important part of understanding how how you lead. And I will say I'm so proud. In the month of April, we recognized at six different um, sessions, 70 visionary leaders Whose work was so outstanding and impactful across the world that it reminded me of what UAB nursing is all about and how we really do prepare, you know, leaders who transform health, and that's our vision. But that's that's the outcome we're looking to achieve. And so I share that with you because, to me, that was an important part of um, understanding where we've been and where we're going because when and we and we actually recorded each one of those sessions and it was the most fun I've had on Zoom since I'd started. <laughs> <laughs> and we've had a lot of experience. The COVID and we've had a lot of COVID experiences um, but I will say as I look forward it's that You've got to know your past to know how you're going to predict the future, and what I can share with you is that, you know, our work is not done, but it's to prepare now the leaders um, that are going to impact the next seventy years, and you know, it's a privilege um, to be a nurse and to have the kind of trust that is entrusted to us by populations. To work with people at those times that are the most vulnerable in their lives. So my sense is we will only continue to do this work. And we're expanding it. We're not, we're not standing back. Our WHO Collaborating Center is, you know, working with the PAHO countries. We are um, you know, continuing to develop behavioral health in our clinical partnerships um, and other. Uh, specialty areas for um, as well as new programs including uh, a nurse midwifery program that's on that's in the planning stages and pre-accreditation process so all all very exciting and again these programs are emerging based on the needs of the populations we serve and that's really what nursing is about.
0: So true Um, and as a wrap-up, I just want to thank everyone who's listened to these Legacy of Leadership episodes and helped us celebrate throughout the year. Um, and Dean Harper, thank you so much for joining me on today's episode.
1: Well, thank you, Erica. It's, it's kind of fun to reflect back and think about the future. Appreciate it.
0: Thanks for listening to Legacy of Leadership, a podcast celebrating 70 years of the UAB School of Nursing. Want more from the UAB School of Nursing? Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at UABSON or on Facebook at UAB School of Nursing. Don't forget to leave us a rating and review on iTunes and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.